Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. On today's show, we've got an extremely excited Toffee, a quietly confident pensioner, and a disgracefully miserable Red Devil. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Halves. That's right, we've got some football to talk about as the new season has dawned upon us. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by my two pals here, Mr. Thomas Woods and Mr. Michael Carden Edwards. Woodsy first, tell me, how, how's it going? Good, good mate. Yeah, Been through, busy, through me you? a bit. You gave, you gave, gave the, you know, people now have both of my names, so they're going to be like, <laughs> through my Facebook, going to have some fraud on my credit cards and whatnot cheers pal much appreciated no but no yeah. in, in, good good football's back um it was fun I f- uh, in chelsea one so i'm in a pretty good mood and you got a lot of other stuff going on in your personal uh, life or is th- that still too much to talk about you know i mean it was alessia's second birthday today so that birthday that is really um i can't believe uh, I've and, got- and woods went yeah fuck this i'm gonna go and do a podcast now <laughs> See you later, because Chelsea's more important to me. What? Yeah, uh, something something along those lines. Um, we are recording a little bit later, because uh, your good selves uh, could appreciate the fact that I wanted to spend some time with my, my daughter on her birthday. But yeah, it's wild that I've got a two-year-old. Um, and we're going to add a second to the family in the imminent future as well, which, you know, that's, that's, like, uh, that's going to be exciting. Sounds like a lot going on in his life over there. How about you, Mr. Michael Carden Edwards? Mr. Thomas Michael Carden Edwards, using your full name, definitely getting some fraud against you. Thomas Michael Carden Edwards. Did I call you Thomas Michael Carden Edwards? Yeah. Mm, yeah, okay, Michael Thomas Carden Edwards. My name is Michael Carden Edwards. How, how, how many other Michael Carden Edwards are there in the world that Thomas is the kicker, the unique identifier to figure out who I am <laughs> over these, these, these millions of Michael Carden Edwards that exist? It could be more. I'm literally one of, I think, four Cardin Edwards in the world. Well, I've just narrowed it down for them, haven't I? Pretty much, mate. If I don't have a kid, mate. <laughs> if I don't have a kid, the name dies of me. Mm. But you're good? Fine. <laughs> just just fine? Fine. Are you, are you hot? Because I'm, I'm really hot. I am fucking sweating my balls off here. Outside also, there's, there's some miscreants hanging on the street corner. Because we're, we're recording this a little bit later. Yeah, we live in London. Yeah? Scary ghetto London in Ballam. And... You know, there's some miscreants outside. We check to see if they're actually in a group of of six or more. Turns out they're in a group of four, so can't kick them away. Can't dob them in. Can't dob them in. Um, so, yeah, we've got to put up with that. Although now they've gone, so... Mm. The speech about the girls has driven off the girls. Good good riddance to bad rubbish, yeah? <laughs> fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Um, I should also pre-warn that, uh, that, that, that Nando's chicken that I've just eaten, that it's a, a medium hotness. 
is actually setting my tongue on fire. Me so too. I'm probably going to struggle to talk and I'm also going to sweat. You're sweating no, you already. Are glowing, I can mate. see you. Are I, glowing. I am <laughs> glowing. Yes, yes, I am. But um, hang on, let's, let's, let's just crack on. Let's get into it because obviously the season has started and we've got football to talk about. Where best to start, hey, then, uh, then the glorious Everton and King Carlo, as we've dubbed it in the, uh, in the group. Um, obviously, as a gleeful Everton fan, I'm very happy. I have to confess, though, I didn't actually watch the game. Uh, I had to watch it on Match of the Day 2, which didn't seem to give me too many highlights. So I'm looking to you boys to big up the Everton. Do you want to, start, Do you want to go first? I mean, ultimately, like, I feel that you and I are more excited about Everton than Lee is. <laughs> It is true. This is the thing. Like um, I said this to you yesterday, um, in, in personally because we live together, um, that this year is 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 potentially horrendous for me. Um, I'm going to be living vicariously through Lee Collard and his joyful Everton side that looked a world away from the team that I had to stick got put up with last year. Fuck me! Do you remember how bad they were last oh, year? Dreadful, mate. Like dreadful. proper dreadful. I know, I know. And and this year, honestly, against Spurs, I watched that game. I sat down and watched it, and and, and it's like a, it's like a different team. It's like a different team. The the, the acquisitions of Allen in midfield, who is just he, he's he's just the safety net, the ultimate safety net who can play football. He is glorious. And man of the match as well. Man of the match as well. Then you've got Decore, who didn't exactly sparkle, but I think I said this to you as well. Like, what a horrible guy to have to play against. Because he's he's, he's 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 technically good on the ball. He can move really well. He's he's he's, he's a big lad as well. He gets up and down, proper box to box. He's he's a nightmare to have to play against. And then you've got a certain Mister, the glorious one, Colombian superstar on on the right hand side of midfield. And now I also said this to Lee as well. You already Lee have the signature move. Yeah, I need you to describe it again. So the signature move is this, right? The ball comes into the Everton box and someone clears it. Alan retrieves it. Alan sniffs up the ball somehow. It finds its way to Alan, the gallon of Alan in, in midfield, because he's, he's so big that he covers all of the surface area, okay? He then, he then puts, gives it to maybe the fullback, or he finds Rodriguez himself, or gives it to Andre Gomez, and he then finds Rodriguez. Rodriguez, the key here is he finds the ball about 10 yards into the opposition half, maybe 15 yards into the opposition half. He then, pretty much every single time, does a nice touch. Whether that's to get away from the fullback or to just faint inside somehow. Just a glorious little bit of of make space for himself, exactly. He then will play a delicious sprayed pass with pace, quickly, to Dinya, who is then in fucking acres of room with with Richarlison giving an option down the line and Calvert-Lewin in the box. That little move, mate... That move is going to score you goals this year because you did it like eight times in this game. When team susses out, though. I think when you play with quality, it's hard to suss them out. Everyone knows how Barcelona play, but they still tore teams apart. When you do things with quality and when you do things with pace, it's hard to defend against. Mm. And what about you, Was Are you in uh, the same frame of mind as me? I, too, would compare this Everton team to Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> But all all joking aside, Everton were were excellent. Um, It's difficult to work out because I couldn't work out if Tottenham were completely abject or just Everton made them look that way. Uh, This is the dilemma, isn't it? This is the dilemma because Spurs on the day were fucking dreadful. They looked like Um, they couldn't give a shit. Um, the, the, The mad thing for the last half an hour, bearing in mind Everton were the team that was leading, 
You would have thought Tottenham were leading by how basically placid they were. Yeah. They weren't trying to basically get the ball forward, get it into the box, try and create chances. They created absolutely nothing. Everton had this game completely in control. And it came, like you say, through the midfield, an area of complete weakness last season is now looking like a position of strength through the, the, the acquisitions of um, Decore and certainly, like you say, Alan. Um, it's also, exciting. Ironically, ironically, we were against a uh, signing that we almost went, well, we went for and didn't get in Hoiberg. Yeah. Yeah, really. He didn't have a very good game. He apparently. didn't have a good game at all. Um, no, well, according to Spurs fans, he had a great game, but, you know. I mean, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> I, I did. All, did I, he? A certain Spurs fan I, uh, tweeted that he had a good, solid debut. And I, I just replied to him, I was like, what game are you watching? He was awful. I mean, I guess at this point, if you were, imagine you're a Spurs fan watching that. You've just finished watching, and we're going to get to Spurs. I don't want to get too much into it, but imagine you've just finished watching the first six episodes of All or Nothing, and you are basically drinking all of the Kool-Aid at this point. You're like, Jesus Christ, charismatic Jose Mourinho is going to have my Lily Whites tearing this Everton a new one. And then reality hits, bang, immediately. Basically, the players are not fit. And don't look interested at all. And Everton are playing them off the park. But your new signings kind of like stood out a little bit next to all of the other players that aren't moving. So we're going to go with that. We're going to say that he had a good game. (laughs) Because it's all I have to cling on to right now. I mean, really, Everton should have blown the doors off him. I think Everton, uh, Richarlison in the first half, I don't know where he was running to. Uh, He seemed to decide to beat the striker, uh, beat the goalkeeper, and then just kept running. I don't know quite how he managed to make such a ham sandwich at that, that, that um, whole opportunity, but they're going to be really exciting. Um, Richarlison looks, you know, engaged. I think it must be... Uh, if, imagine if you're Richarlison and you've been playing with Tom Davis uh, all of last season and then be told that you're going to have James Rodriguez to be feeding the ball into you. It's got to be really exciting and engaging to be part of that club right now. And the whole aura around it as well. That's the first time you've beaten um, uh, Tottenham since 20... 2012 Uh, I want to say Yukicha Yelovic winner so that's how long ago we're talking and and obviously got a terrible record as well against kind of like the top level teams as well so it's a really big statement performance away from home as well yeah huge performance and um, and, and I know that brother-in-law obviously like to talk shit about Carlo Ancelotti and his failures (laughs) but we did say at that point at worst, this guy's going to attract talented footballers. And at worst, he's able to talk to them and encourage them to play football. And that's exactly what they got. Like, Luca Digne looked like a good player again. Um, I, I, he's, a, he's an excellent left back. Um, people talk yeah, about like, off the cliff last year. Dude, a lot of he the players, a lot of the players looked good yes, uh, on, on um, Sunday. Even um, like Andre Gomez last year, I mean, he toiled in the midfield. When he came back from his injury, especially, mm. he toiled in that midfield with absolute garbage around him. You've got the no moving pointy Sigurdsson as you like to call him Lee and you know Tom Davis who I mean the less said about that guy the better right I I have no time for this guy Um, and now all of a sudden he's got Alan Decore and Rodriguez around him there's no Iwobi there's no Walcott there's no Bernard Glorious Bernard sorry there's none of these players all of a sudden you're looking around you go actually this first 11 is really strong Um, it was the improvement and this is the key it was when Andrew Gomez he was improved you could see already he didn't have to do so much legwork. You know, he's one pace at the best of times, so he could focus on the things, he could focus on his qualities more. Yeah. And then, you, I mean, even someone like, to be fair, Gilfie Sigurdsson, when he came on, he's pretty good. 
He didn't have a bad cameo, did he, when he came on? He did look engaged. And that ultimately as well, I mean, it doesn't, he went with Calvert-Lewin and he's obviously a big fan of Calvert-Lewin and it will be interesting to see how he's able to, to benefit from playing with better footballers as well. He had a really good purple patch last season, which ended up with him being linked with Manchester United out of nowhere. Um, but Carlo's obviously a big fan. Physical, really good header though. Booming header. Bullet, bullet. Yeah, yeah. great goal. Um, you know, I guess the, the question is though, all of these wonderful positives, the sexy uh, toffee men um, under the stewardship of King Carlo Ancelotti, uh, how far can they go? Right? That's the question. How far can they go? Well, listening to you boys, I should be predicting big stuff. And I know you've been doing it even before, you know, the season started and before this game where you obviously had us coming in for third and only inevitably to finish up 16th <laughs> what it is in terms of that gift. But... Um, Look, I really don't want to get carried away. Um, I know you boys are always like, you know, get carried away, scoffing. Lee. Get, get carried no, away. I mean, I got carried away just watching the little video clips that you were sending me on Sunday. I was like, this, Lee, this Lee, is good. Lee, Lee, I've, I've heard this before, mate. This is reminding me of that 2018 World Cup. You just wouldn't get on board. <laughs> and you had to basically sit there as everyone else was lapping up the sun, the beer and the England and basically going, no, this isn't going to end well. And ultimately, I, I, I understand that we, we only got to a semi-final, but it was a gallant performance to get to that semi-final. Get on board now, Lee. <laughs> you know, you know on football board. is a lot more fun when you enjoy it. I know, I know. But the issue is, <laughs> and, and you touched upon it yourself, is the fact that how bad were Tottenham? And I think they were pretty bad. They didn't really test us at all. You know, I think they had like a couple of openings. You know, over the course of the season, we're going to be coming up against teams that are going to be more intense and probably creating a lot more chances. For the first game of the season, right, considering you bedded in three new players, I watched a lot of football this weekend. You were by far one of the more coherent teams. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I, 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 I'd say get excited. <laughs> well, even though well, we've, we've talked about this before the pod, didn't we? You mean you, Mike, in terms of the fact that I still don't. See, it's going to be a struggle to break in the top six. So, what what is the expectations? Is it because still tough. top four is not going to happen? No, I, I think top four. You have to be realistic with that. Top six is possibility, but it's going to be tough. Really tough. They certainly. I feel that there's probably we, we're talking about a group of eight. I mean, probably even nine with with Leicester as well. It's really tough, which says a lot that you you can't have this situation where you go for a bad patch. Um, or certainly an extended bad patch, let's say. You can't have a, a situation where it just gets away from you because you're going to end up mid-table. This um, is where the likes of Ancelotti, who's famed for being a, a, motivator, a motivational coach, this is where he earns his money, right? Because exactly. the, the, the whole point of a coach that focuses more on players' mentality is that you can turn around bad patches quickly by getting the players up for the next game. Mm. And there, there is no doubt about it. We've definitely added quality to the team. There is still obviously that lack of depth. So if you do get a couple of injuries, say if an Alan gets injured or a Rodriguez, then suddenly you are looking a lot like like uh, the team that we had last year that struggled. So, I mean, I know there's still the window to go and hopefully might add one or two signings. But I just at this moment in time, I'm just going to sit back and just enjoy the ride and see where it takes me. What, what hey? do you reckon, Mikey? Just out of interest, where do you think they can get? Do you um, think that they can break that top six? Because I think... They certainly got the ability, and I understand where Lee's coming from because it is a squad game, especially this season because of the the condensed nature of it. I don't think so, and it's I'm I'm excited as anyone about Everton, right? Uh, that you know I would probably hazard to say they might be my second favourite team in the in the league, especially because of Hammers, because I enjoyed watching him immeasurably. Um, he hasn't he hasn't lost it, by the way, boys and girls. Just just put it out there. <laughs> um, 
I think the issue for me with Everton will be the goal scorers of goals. Calvert-Lewin did a good header, but I don't think he had a great game. And I don't see him scoring 25 goals. It's how I feel. I've always felt like about the guy. I don't. We, with Leicester and Wolves, Wolves have Raul Jimenez and Leicester have Jamie Vardy. They're consistent yeah, they're, scorers. They're, they're, they've got two goal scorers. But there. in terms of Everton, Tottenham have a Harry Kane. Tottenham have Harry Kane. And Arsenal have a, a Bamiyang. This is the thing. I, 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 with yeah. with Everton, Calvert Calvert Lewin has improved a great deal, and I think he is a good. He's a good leading striker for teams in the Premier League. Like I think he would be a good option for most teams. I don't, I don't dispute that. He's a young player. He's going to learn. He tries hard. He's, he's, a, he's a handful. You know, he's a physical guy. Puts himself about. I'm not, I'm not disputing any of these things. I'm not saying that he's not improving. I just don't see the natural finisher in him. And I never have done. This is my, this is my criticism of him. If you're going to rely on him to score 20, 25 goals, which you'll need now to get in top six, I don't think he's the guy. But okay. obviously the, 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 he shares the burden with Richarlison. Richarlison's seen as the, probably the, the out-and-out striker to, as well, really, in, in terms of his... Uh... It's, it's a big season for Richarlison because I think both last season and the season before he scored 13 goals, which is OK. Yeah. But as Michael mentioned, you, know, you do need on. someone that's going to score a lot more He needs to kick on. He needs goals. more. He needs more. And ultimately, look, he fluffed his lines. And that, that could have been costly. Um, fortunately, Everton had the character and... Uh, maintained and ultimately, um, you know, ground out the victory in many ways. But they deserved the victory as well. Richarlison is the, obviously the second source of goals, but I guess you could also say that Son is the second source at Tottenham, and you've got players at all these other clubs as well. You, you, you're probably correct. They are maybe a, a, a more of an elite level goal scorer away. They're certainly going to give teams problems though. This I think season. if you had Danny Ings, you'd get top six. Okay. Well, therefore, you've answered the question then for that you posed to me, and that's where where do you see? Well, I need to be on on this boat of glory. You know, it's, it's as you said. You know, we we we're not quite there yet. We're still lacking some fine details within the team. But this it feels like a really positive step, though. Absolutely. Right? Oh, without a doubt. You know, obviously, as we said, with watching the the dross that was last Rob, year. Rob, if you continued last year into this year, you'd be you'd be looking at sixteenth, seventeenth. You know, you. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I would back you for a relegation battle because that's how bad I thought you were. Yeah, and so therefore, you know, with the acquisition of free players, it will push us on and will make us more competitive. Yeah. If anything, you know, I reckon the season again this year will be really well. We just mentioned the, the nine teams, you know, from you know top down to the nine in terms of you know your Wolves, your Arsenal's, your Everton's behind. You know, the big four of Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, you know, etc., etc. Basically, there are going to be a lot of points taken off this year. I'm not too sure if we're going to see a runaway leader, you know, or leaders in terms of Man City and Liverpool like we did last year. So it's going to be a lot more tighter in that pack. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's going to come down to what? Maybe a matter of one, two wins, uh, you know, that's size from, you know, fifth to, to ninth. It's so funny that how that will look as well, because it will be, like you say, I, c- I could see it being really tight, like you say, maybe a couple of wins. And then you're kind of looking at that, the difference between fifth and ninth. And it, 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 you go from a, oh, that's, an, that's been a good season to mid-table. And that's the brutal nature of the Premier League at the moment. That, mm. that There's a lot of strong teams. And that's the benefit of the Premier League as well, because it's the finances that come with it. Mm. Well, anyway, let, let's, let's move on. You know, I, f- I feel like you know, we all, we're all in agreement that Everton looked better. And we, I should be more positive, but it is one game, so let, let's... Just let's saying, see. right, second week on the job, yeah? 
host and producer. How are we doing for time? We're doing all right, mate. That's why we're going to move on, mate. Sure, we're not we're sure we are quite on. doing as well for time as you had uh, hoped we were. Well, yeah, anyway, as we as All he wants discussed. to do is talk about Everton every bloody week <laughs> since he's taken know, over I, the I reins. There's, there's, there's no Chelsea on the agenda this week. I'm, I'm shocked. There, are, there is a my agenda. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, come on, let's, let's, let's crack on. Um, obviously, Everton played at, played at Tottenham Hotspur. And we've been seeing a lot of more, you know, insight into the way Tottenham work behind the scenes with the All or Nothing documentary. I guess we wanted to, you know, discuss. I have a lot to say. How, how we feel about this. I have a lot to say. So, uh, uh, first of all, you know, we, we, we all know, or we discussed last week, that I am well and truly, you know, I was buying into this propaganda. I, I, you know, I was all aboard, you know, Jose, yeah, ding, ding, ding. I'm loving you. Um, mm, obviously, we didn't see that translate over the weekend. How's it, how's it looking? You know, we watched like two more last night. Yeah, we've got one episode to go. Um, I think the frightening thing for, for, for Spurs and for Jose lovers <laughs> is that the theme of the of the documentary, obviously, as we've discussed, it's a PR it's a PR stunt, right? It's just a it's a puff piece to try and make Daniel Levy um, look more better in the eyes of the fans and to make Tottenham Hotspur probably more attractive in the eyes of sponsors. That's essentially all it is. Yeah. Right? Um, Jose Mourinho, the th- one of the big themes of this documentary is the fact that, as that Spurs have been incredibly unlucky with injuries. Um, that Sonny, <laughs> Sonny is out. Yeah. H. H is out. Uh, I don't know what they call Sissoko. Musa, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Loris obviously out as well. Um, they've had to play the likes of Tanganga, make you know bringing his debut in. They've had to rely on. I mean, Harry Winkers is apparently the greatest footballer since sliced bread, but we'll leave that for another day. Um, mm. And they've been incredibly unlucky with injuries. That's that's the key here, okay? And Jose Mourinho says it in one of the episodes we watched last night. You know that everything was going perfectly until the injuries came in. And if it wasn't for the injuries, they'd be top four easy. I think he literally said the phrase said those "top four easy." Right, if they hadn't had those injuries, okay. So I was expecting, um, and I, I can I can excuse post lockdown form of any team because I don't think uh, you know judging a player's fitness and a team's cohesion after lockdown, I think that was an impossible task. Just because who the fuck knows? No one's ever prepared for that before. It's impossible. However, beginning of the season has been that's been in the, the date for a little while now. Teams have been preparing. Teams have been doing training. Teams have been adjusting to life under the obviously these new measures they've been doing it for a little while now and crucially Spurs have all their players fit and ready and they've signed two more players and so I was hoping in this in this in this game against Everton that all of the stuff that they've been talking about the documentary that you know they're unlucky with injuries and if it wasn't for those injuries top four they're amazing blah, blah, blah. that they'd be good that they'd actually look like they were even remotely a team because again in the in the in the documentary Mourinho what does he always say in his halftime team talks right Come on, guys, push harder, you know. More intensity. More intensity. Press. Press higher. Um, react well from the mistakes. You know, that's all That's all he says, right? Obviously, he can't show any tactical analysis in the documentary because Spurs don't want to give that shit away. Same with when Man City did theirs. It was not, you know, if you're watching this for tactics, go find something else to watch because it ain't about tactics, right? They can only show snippets of Mourinho's famed man management, right? None of it is on show. None of it. Harry Kane and Sonny both started this game both of them garbage. There was no desire. There was no fucking effort. 
There was no tactical nous. There was a point where they were passing it. They, they had the ball for a brief period in the first half, right? And it was like, wow, Spurs have got the ball. What the fuck's going on here? That's how, that's how shite they were. I understand Mourinho brings his team back to, to hit them on the counter-attack fine, right? However, um, they did pick up the ball at one point, And Gary Neville said on commentary, they look like they have no idea what they're doing. They're just doing a. It's all singular passes with no movement or rhythm. There's no attacking um, um, patterns. Nothing. Where where have I said that before? When have I last said that about a Jose Mourinho managed team? Mm. Do you remember when we Mm. used to have Jose Mourinho as our manager? And going forward, there was absolutely zero fucking patterns. There was no identifiable style of play. There was no fucking combinations. There was nothing. There was nothing at all. Right. And fitness as well. Fitness as well. They always fitness. looked fucking shanked they every week. Looked shanked. They always looked shanked. <laughs> and now we've got the first game of the season. The fucking first game of the season. Everton rocked up and they've had Hammers and fucking Allen and all these players shipped in, doing different training sessions all over the place, right? They look like a cohesive, well-drilled, fit team. Why did Spurs not look fit? Why did they look like they, not look like they could be, could be asked for anything? Is it Deli Ali asking what fucking chocolate bar is your favourite and shit like that? Is that what is that all they do in the training ground? What routine you brush your teeth? There, there is no, there is no professionalism, and I think it boils down to one thing and one thing only. Okay, mm. I think Daniel Levy completely fucked that club by not giving anyone any contracts. I think that completely ruined everything because I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I everyone used to say that um, all the players had really good relationships with Mauricio Pochettino, Pochettino, right? I think it was a very friendly environment. And one thing you come across in the documentary is that, oh, he's a really nice guy. They're actually my friends in real life. Everyone's really nice. Oh, it's like a family here. It's lovely, right? Oh, that's, that's lovely. That's great when it's going well. When it's not going well, it's fucking, it's just you accept mediocrity. Mourinho is trying to instill that Chelsea spirit of fucking 04 or whenever it was. Mm-hmm. And I think he's finding out it can't happen in today's age anymore. The only other team that bought into it was Inter Milan, and that's because they're a bunch of mad bastards anyway. Yeah. It doesn't work now, and that Spurs squad is too nice. I'm, I'm insulted that they don't fucking work, that they're not running. It's insulting. <laughs> insulting, is it? It is. I, like, I had to sit through that myself for, like, what, two seasons or something like that? Right? It was dog shit. And I don't want to feel sorry for Spurs fans, mate, but you watch that first game of the season, nah. I'm over it, mate. Well, you made, you made reference to the, uh, the Chelsea team. I spoke there. for a long time there. I apologise. You You've made reference to the Chelsea team there that obviously that he did have well, managed well and obviously won trophies. And there was a key thing in that Chelsea team. That was there was characters, there was leaders. Watching this documentary, what, what, what one thing have we always said every time there's a captain talk? That sounds feeble. That sounds feeble. I think Lloris, he comes across quite well when he does his speeches. Yeah. Well, you know, just before, you know, they go out for the game. But they've had Harry Wings and Harry Kane. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going... That doesn't inspire me. I, I, I don't believe it. You know, the words that you're saying, you're trying to say it with a bit of venom and a bit of anger and a bit of G-up motivation, but I'm not buying it. It just, it sounds fake. They're shrieking violets, mate. Harry Kane is like, just, well, you know what Harry Kane sounds like. I'm not going to do an impression. Um, believe when Harry Winks did it, right? Harry Winks timed his speech for the, for the, the alarm bell so no one could fucking hear him anyway. It's like, ah. Oh. Woods, we, how do you feel? Jose's referenced it himself, how he struggles to convey a message to these players I think he's he longs for the days where he has players like Frank Lampard and John Terry and Didier Drogba in a dressing room because like you said they're personalities they're leaders they're winners and most of all they're, they're men, men. Um, and I think he, he hasn't got that anymore he, he, he didn't have that at Manchester United um, he, he didn't really have that to an extent at Real Madrid as well although that Real Madrid thing got 
really spiky between the Spanish he had, and he had one at Man United and that was Latan Ibrahimovic. Yes, and and that one season where he had him, United were good, right? Yep. They were good and they won trophies. And when he left, he looked around the dressing room and he's like Paul Pogba's now my dressing room leader and I can't relate to Paul Pogba because he's not my generational footballer. He's not my Frank Lampard. He's not my Didier Drogba. He's not my Marco Materazzi. Um, and, and he struggled to basically get on a personal term with these players. You see a lot of these interactions with the players in the documentary. It's a really bizarre relationship that he's trying to create. It's like he doesn't know how to manage these players anymore. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing that I couldn't, quite believe I was seeing was the lack of urgency for a team that were trailing with 20 minutes to go not once did that kind of that that ramp up in energy um, and then the bombardment into Everton's penalty area ever happened it just didn't happen they just went out on a whimper um, I, I I don't know they, 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 we go back and when they sacked Pochettino I thought it was a mental idea at the time but ultimately, going back to what you were saying about Poch, the reason why I think some of the players ultimately fell out with Poch was to do with Levy. Poch yeah. had promised them contracts. Levy didn't follow through on the contracts. And I think this is what you were saying. So that's what broke that relationship. And what they do is they obviously can't repair that. So Pochettino loses the players. He loses, but he just basically lose, uh, loses all in, in enjoyment in going to work at Tottenham. And the whole thing goes to shit. So what do they do? They bring in Jose Mourinho, who's a more divisive character Who's someone that also Daniel Levy basically sucks off every time oh, they're in the same room together. He's, it's nauseating. He's wanted Jose forever, mate. Forever. Because he likes to talk about him as a winner. And I, I think Levy's brought him in because he likes to be around Jose. No, because he likes to think that I'm Daniel Levy. Look at what I've done here at Tottenham. I'm, I'm here with Jose Mourinho, my friend. And that, I, that's how I believe. I don't think it was a well thought out process in terms of finding a replacement manager. I'm starting to think that they just got really lucky as well with Pochettino. I don't think there was much thought there. I think they just happened to basically uh, catch lightning in a bottle somewhat, which also happened to co- uh, coexist with like Harry Kane uh, coming through the academy. And, and they had a moment. And now Spurs are going back to where Spurs are. Just kind of like a, well, it's only Tottenham. Lads. But with a big stadium. Well, yeah, but with a nice shiny stadium, which will be lovely to play in. Look, I went to um, I went to the uh, I want to get the Emirates, um, and I remember going into the Emirates uh, to watch Chelsea play Arsenal. I remember going and going, this is really nice. And I remember like the whole thing, the whole welcoming in the fans, all really nice. And it summed up Arsenal perfectly. How they'd gone from Highbury, which was a fucking horrible place to play. Uh, and and that when they were an elite level football team into this nice environment, clubs go to these stadiums and they enjoy playing there. <laughs> this is it. It's like there's no intimidation factor. Like imagine you're a top level football club and you're going to the stadium. You go, fuck me. The dressing rooms are lovely. The pitch, beautiful. These fans, oh, they're so nice. Everything's so, and they're so easy to play against. I know they haven't got the fans in there at the moment to really offer anything, but I don't no, think they I, would anyway. I remember when I did that stadium tour of the Camp Nou and I saw the away dressing room there. Fuck that, mate. It was it was like a prison dressing room. It was just wooden hard benches. Like the, the the floor was tiled and cracked, and the fucking there was one massage like thing with like brown upholstery, and it burst. You know, like when you go to a pub all and the, the seats yeah, burst, and all come the foam, apart, yeah. the, the entire massage table was cracked and burst everywhere. It looked fucking. That's how it rank. should be as well. 
Yeah, mate. And it's like, don't want to welcome the teams. And then you go like next door, and the, the dressing room's like, and the, for the home is like, oh, this is quite nice. But the thing with um, with Tottenham, like you, you said it <clears throat> so many times, they're just too nice. They are too nice. And I know Jose goes, uh, be a be a cunt, be a cunt, and you can't just tell players to be a cunt because it's not in their makeup to be that. Harry Kane is an elite level footballer and he's a good guy. He's not a leader. He'll never be a leader of men, but he will always be an excellent goal scorer. And I think if you put him in the right environment, he'll bang goals for fun. What you said last week about him going to Man City, he'd break Shearer's record and then some, and he'd actually be able to fill his trophy cabinet at the same time. He needs to get out of there. It angers me so much that he's he's still there. Especially when you think about this. So obviously falling out from this, and this is leaking out today, um... The left back that United were linked with, uh, Regulon. Thank you. Uh, he's looking likely to go to Tottenham because Man United said we ain't paying thirty mil and we ain't giving you a buyback clause because they're a top level football club who basically don't want to bend over for other teams. Tottenham are gone. We'll give you thirty mil and a buyback clause because we're Tottenham and I'm Daniel Levy and we're fucking desperate. So they're going to go and get uh, Regulon. That's fine. But the most mental deal that I've heard in this whole window is that Tottenham are trying to sort out a deal to get Gareth Bale back in exchange for Deli Alley. Now, I don't rate Deli Alley. I've never believed Deli Alley. I felt that he's profited from uh, playing as a second striker with Harry Kane. Um, and that's, that's fine. He did score a lot of goals doing that. But ever since he's had to play midfield, he hasn't got a fucking clue what he's doing. But the idea of Gareth Bale playing in the same team with Harry Kane, I can't see it. It just doesn't fit. Harry Kane needs to force his way out of that club right now. I expect I expect it transfer first thing in the morning. If I'm honest, with you. Do you know one of the one of the? Sorry, I'm, you know, I'm just. I know you're the host. I'm sorry. Oh, I had talking. a question lined up, but no. Go ahead. No, I want to say one more thing. Go on. Okay. The one of the other eye-opening things for me was when Daniel Levy's in the boardroom following post-COVID announcements, and uh, there was that lady there who was like the financial director or someone in the club, and she goes, "So what impact will this have on the club then?" And it's like. What do you mean what impact this have on the club? And Levy's like, well, obviously, you know, how you get home advantage. And obviously that's not his first thought. The first thought is money. He's, he's obviously, thinking he, money. He mentioned that it's number big. And then, he, go, then he goes, it's number two. It's the, yeah. ticket, the, ticket price, the ticket sales. And it's like, I hope they didn't do that for the cameras to just, to just like to illustrate that. If they genuinely have people in that club that don't understand what the impact would be if, 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 no, fa- if, no, if no fans are allowed in, if, if people like that are running that club, then they are, I worry for the future mm. of that team. Because Daniel Levy at the moment is basically a little boy in a, in a candy shop with Jose Mourinho, and the players don't want to be there. Well, very, very quickly then, very quickly, what, what are Tottenham doing this year then? Are they struggling? Yes. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I, you know what? I had them sixth last week when we spoke about it. I'm way off. Way off. I had them second last year. <laughs> Yeah, so you, well, so this is it. Say- I thought they were going to finish third, but close the gap to Liverpool last year. Coming off that European, and you kind of like they'll go again. Uh, they had a difficult end of season, and I, I kind of feel that I just ignored that. It's like, yeah, they've had that Champions League run. They're probably focusing on that. That's probably why that happens. And that obviously, was way wrong. The rot had already set there. Um, their inability to kind of correct that throughout the last 18 months is what's killed them right now. And the idea that well, if we go get Gareth Bale, we'll be fine is lunacy. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so you could say we've had a bit of a knee-jerk reaction there with, you know, with these Tottenham. From from sixth last week, you know, they're struggling this week. He was made for this role. He was born for it. Hey? Maybe it's Maybelline. No, it's not. It's Maybelline. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, talk to me. Is there going to be some more knee-jerk reactions from you, from what you've seen over the weekend? Yeah. West Ham are finishing on zero points. <laughs> um. I mean, let's stick on West Ham for a moment. Garbage. If they don't sack David Moyes, they're finished. They're gone. I, 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 they are gone. Um, two when teams. will the penny finally drop? The David Moyes... How does he keep getting work? They, what has he done? They, they, Twice at the same they, time. They, they already sacked him before because he wasn't the right man for the job. <laughs> this is It's insane. Like It must be so frustrating to be a West Ham fan. I, I do feel for them a oh, bit. I do actually have an announcement on that front. Um, so... Uh, I have a, one of my good friends is a West Ham fan. I met up with him on Friday. He wants to come on the pod. I am so happy about this. <laughs> we, yes. We, 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 we are going to get a segment with James Vatter, the West Ham fan. Yes. Uh, I can't wait. What yes. sort of West Ham fan is he? Is he like one? Is he got, you know, got the blinkers on or is no, he doom and gloom? Doom and gloom. He's doom Perfect. and gloom. Get him on. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the thing about West Ham is that uh, they've obviously done fuck all business but the David Moyes situation I can't get my head around because I don't know why they brought him back in anyway to keep them up because he's got a pretty average record of keeping teams up um, and they were really basically Chelsea just capitulating away um, from from dropping last season sticking with him is mental it's absolutely mental and can you imagine like being a player at that club and this kind of go you see this actually from the documentary of All or Nothing and part of what I guess you don't really see is players have to enjoy going to work and doing what they're doing in training to take that enjoyment and what they're doing into a football uh, environment on a pitch in a game. I can't imagine in the year 2020 that David Moyes excites any footballer, any of them, right? Ultimately, we talk about Jose being a dinosaur. David Moyes was last relevant in 2004. That's the last time he excited his wife as well, by the sound of it. <laughs> We've got any more knee-jerk reactions? Because I want to throw one into the mix. Go on. I didn't watch the game, but obviously I saw the result, and that was Leeds losing 4-3 to Liverpool. Now, I don't know if it's a knee-jerk reaction as such, but watching the highlights of that game, it was, wow, what the fuck? They're playing five strikers away at Anfield. <laughs> now, are Leeds going to actually... Do something this year? Are they a team to be scared of? Or is it just a system, a very well-drilled system, but with some just average players? I can't wait till January, February, March next year when Leeds have basically got Patrick Bamford dragging his ass around up front trying to chase down the ball. They played with incredible amounts of energy um, and it's just not sustainable in this league, in this season. Um, and I do feel... There's a level of naivety. They, the inability to see that game out at free all, um, that's on them, right? I think they're going to be fun to watch. I think they're going to be really fun to watch. But I've heard Everton, oh, sorry, Everton. I've heard Leeds fans talk about uh, pushing top six. No way, no way. Uh, they'll be safe. They're nowhere near facing the drop. But I, I think there could be a drastic drop off in form. Uh, come the back end of the season with the level of intensity that Bielsa has them playing. Uh, on Liverpool, while we're talking on that, uh, Salah looks like he's gone again, like another level. He was excellent. I know it was two penalties, but he looked really good. Mane looked way off it. Uh, overall, Liverpool, I think what, the one thing, a big takeaway I took away from it is that Leeds have shown that Liverpool are fallible, like really fallible if you get at them. 
especially um, it's just a matter of teams being brave and that's yeah, the issue that is true teams weren't brave last year against Liverpool um, and I think that that may well have shown a, you know if you get at Van Dijk as well he although he is almost certainly the best centre half in the league he has got weaknesses he's not a god level player uh, no no defender is faultless uh, and I feel that he, the mistake he made for their equaliser was just the player that Starting to believe his own hype. Just saying. Maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. But in terms any, of other knee other... jerks, um, Fulham definitely relegated. Uh, absolute garbage performance. I mean, they realistically, they should just kind of put them in the championship now. Yeah. Save, save, save the bother <laughs> of it all, really. But they're their opponents. They're also another knee jerk reaction because everyone's now touting Arsenal to do really well this season because they... They beat a team that came up from the championship last so, year. So, I mean, you, you, you know I was, probably, I was higher on Arsenal than you guys anyway, going in. Um, I still feel that. Definitely wasn't last year. <laughs> no, no. Uh, look, um, it's only Fulham, but they were good. They were really good. Um, they've seen... Arteta's managed to install... Um, some more defensive stability at the back, so they don't look... Um, piss poor every time a team attacks them. They they look actually really strong defensively. Gabriel can head the ball really well. He's quite a towering defender. He is a tall man. Um, And he's very athletic as well. He can cover ground well. Um, So obviously they've got the foundations to build upon that they they don't look like they're going to concede silly goals every week. He's also managed to find a tactic for which Aubameyang is always isolated one-on-one with a fullback. And, and he's also just signed a new contract. And he's just signed a new well. contract, which is obviously very important. But Aubameyang's going to score goals for fun because this whole system is built for him and for him only to go bag 30 goals this season. Having an elite-level goal scorer will help, no doubt. Um, how far they can go? Look, top four? I don't no. know. I, I, I'm, I am waiting for Manchester United to do something before like making bold steps because... If they get Sancho done, which I still think should get done, <laughs> I, I just think that they're going to end up panicking and paying 120 million euros, which is what they should have done two months ago. I just can't, I can't see Arsenal quite cracking the top four if Arsenal, if United do that. Now, if United don't go get Sancho, then I would be strong enough to be able to kind of go and say, yeah, I think Arsenal will finish top four. Okay. Um, I feel like we should mix this up, mix this up into like the sort of the next topic because we didn't cover it last week, and that's relegation. And I, I don't know if this is an, also a knee-jerk reaction, but watching the West Brom Leicester game, West Brom looked just distinctly average. Da- dour is the word I would use to watching them. They didn't look like they were going to score. West Brom, West Ham, and Fulham are down. Yeah, they, they, they're your team. They're yeah. getting relegated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This segment's going to be the shortest segment in history because West, <laughs> West Brom have signed Branislav Ivanovic to solve their issues. <laughs> that guy was blowing out of his ass fucking when he left Chelsea for like yeah, two mate, years yeah. before he left. Like his last season at Chelsea, he looked, he was cooked in in the top division. Um, this is like the equivalent of when like West Ham get Zabaleta and expect big things, and it's just not going to happen. I don't know because I feel that Ivanovic went off a cliff. <laughs> I, know, like... I, I, I think Zabaleta was playing at a higher level than Ivanovic did when he joined West Ham. Ivanovic, he's been gone for a while as well, mate. He's been playing in some farmer league as well. Yeah, uh... like Branner was was gone, I think, before Conte came in. So what, three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, 
and he he was dreadful. He was there like Jose's last <laughs> was, season. Jose's last remember, season. Literally every single Chelsea game there was the start of the season, wasn't it was, there? Yeah. He did pull it back near the end of the season. He got a little bit more solid, but for the basically the start of the season, he was at fault for every single goal that Chelsea conceded. It was remarkable it was, it was, to watch because it, was, was, it was amazing. Yeah, uh, they they. I don't think they were a particularly good championship team, really. I think they probably just about did enough. Brent, they wouldn't have been playing in the Premier League if it wasn't for Brentford um, failing at the last hurdle. And it's similar with Fulham. Fulham shouldn't really be playing in the Premier League either. You've got two teams there that just... I just don't think they're equipped for it. I don't think they're investing particularly uh, wisely. I think maybe those two teams are probably looking at it and going, long term, um, we're going to go down. But let's try and get some pieces that will help us bounce back next season West Ham are just going because they're they're inept it's as simple as that and I think that as well I think Villa have Villa have obviously invested well they've got Jack really signed up for at least another season haven't they Um, he signed another five year contract he signed a five year contract but who knows what clauses and everything's in there but Mm, evidently the United offer wasn't coming this summer um, and therefore he's he's made the decision to stay and I think that's probably a smart one Uh, and it's obviously excellent for Villa because he is so key to them add uh, Ollie Watkins into that team right um, the the player from Brentford who scored a bag load of goals. I think that's an excellent sign as well because they just lacked a goal scorer. I think but they're going to be at that you know at that level though. It's true. It's a gamble. It's a it is a gamble. It is a gamble. Um, but there wasn't really. I mean, what, what else do you do? Do you go to Germany and, and you try and find uh, another Joel Linton? I, I'd rather go Ollie Watkins over Joel Linton every day. And in terms of signings, at least this player has you know proven it in English football. Because at least you, at least you know that if. If he doesn't set the world alight and you get relegated, you know he's a good level championship striker. Yeah, that's and he's probably going to stay. Well. And if he does, and if he comes in, scores loads of goals, you stay up. Excellent. If he comes in, scores loads of goals, you get relegated. You can sell him on for probably more money than what you paid for him still. Mm, maybe a touch of the Dwight. I, I, I don't think Villa are going to be in the same situation they were last year. I'm not going to say they're going to push up the table. I don't think these, they're quite there yet, but I don't think they're going to be battling relegation into the months of, of April. I think they're going to I be mean, a bit better this year. We all hope it's Burnley, right, as well. We hope, we hope they're... Burnley aren't investing at all. And they could lose Tarkovsky still. Although reportedly he doesn't actually want to go to West Ham, which you can't blame him for. No, absolutely. Like, why would you go to, to West Ham? You're basically going go, <laughs> go to get relegated there. So my, 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 I have one more club I want to talk about very quickly, and that's Auntie Bruce's Newcastle. Uh, good weekend for them. Two, two, two new signings, two goals from the new signings. It's only West Ham, but you heard it here now. Newcastle's you know, Auntie Bruce 11 for Europe. Fucking hell! No <laughs> Look, it was good that they signed a striker because yeah, you know I've, I've gone insane. Like, yeah. I, I can't bag this up. I'm afraid. But, so. but you, you do expect them not to be in a relegation battle this year. I don't expect they've, uh, they've signed a striker. You know, as we mentioned with Jolinton, yeah. you know, awful. Just you know, he got one, two goals last year. Yeah, Wilson's already got one. You know, he's off, up and running. Wilson had a Newcastle down year last okay. year, but. The years that preceded that, he was exceptional for, for Bournemouth. Um, and maybe new surroundings. It'll galvanise him a bit. He's also got his mate up there as well, hasn't he? Um, Fraser's gone up there. Ryan Fraser on a free transfer. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, we all want Newcastle to do well. It's going to be interesting as well because I keep reading a little bit and that Saudi deal isn't as dead as what some people would have believe. It seems that that's going to court now. Like Mike Ashley is fighting to get this done. 
Um, he's hired like the best football lawyers or yeah. something. It's going to get messy. It's going to get real messy because I, I do think the Premier League were trying to find a reason not to accept it. Um, whether that's because they did have genuine concerns about um, obviously the um, human rights issues in, in that country or if it was just purely out of the basis that uh, Qatari was like, no, we don't want them to, to be in the league. I, I don't know, but they definitely wanted to find a reason not to, couldn't find one and sort of wait until they fucked off. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, so basically, in summary, you're saying that your free relegation strong candidates is going to be... I don't think they're strong candidates. They're done. That's it. That's it. Okay, so we've got West Ham, West Brom and Fulham. Yeah, done. See you next season. Okay. Well, there you go. There you have it. Um, Let's move on to predictions. Do you agree? Well, yeah, I guess it's... uh, Do you know, watching Brighton last night, and I know I'm a big advocate of Brighton. I thought they they looked good. Quite quite nice, but at the same time, I, I still feel that there's a lack of... Something there that's gonna. I don't. I feel like they could be dang, in in danger this year. No, I think I think Lamptey will carry them through. That's that's asking them a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm obviously year old. <laughs> losing Lalana. That could be serious. Um, disappointing that he. Uh, Lalana's got a history of injury problems, hasn't he? Um, and hasn't played a lot of football. And I feel that that combination of not playing a lot and having an injury history was always going to be a recipe for disaster for going, you're going to be a key starter this season. And he's obviously gone after about half an hour. I, I don't know if there's been any word on the severity of the injury yet. Goals is always going to be the problem. Um, I thought for overall gameplay last night, Brighton outplayed Chelsea. Uh, it's just I a think case. For, I think for the majority of the first half, Chelsea just especially, took especially their to moments the better. Like Neil Mope, there was a ball that's put into the box by uh, Lamptey, and you're just looking for your striker to, to at least get it on target. I mean, ultimately, anything that goes on target at Kepper, there's a chance, right? It was the, uh, who, who the, we the should... it was the dunk chance as well. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, that was that two one, wasn't it? To make it two one, that's a big opportunity. So, I think they're going to be fine. Um, I think they'll be they'll be too good to to go down. They're, they're probably not going to be as clear as they'd like to be, but I think they'll be fine. Mm. Yeah, to be fair, I should I shouldn't be being horrible on Brighton because I'm a big fan of this. Yeah, and also the kit. We all, we all, well, well, me and you like the kit. I think Michael's gone well, off the kit. Mike, now. Mike is yeah, right because I didn't realise they had this logo on the. What what's this logo? That's on the Snickers screen. UK. Uh, they make like maintenance workwear and things like that. And not chocolate bars. Not chocolate bars. Nothing to do with actually. They're apparently Snickers UK have been around for thirty years, or something. What? Making manufacture wear or some something like that. Um, I don't like the kit. It's too shiny. The Nike tick is for some reason yellow. Um, I don't understand this fucking sleeve sponsor. Looks fucking garbage. The the stripes on the back. There was like, a bit the, weird. The, that the, the, the stripes, stripes on the stopped. front look fine, but then on the back, some of them are thick and yellow. No. Fuck off, Brighton! I'm back on the back on the hatred bandwagon again. Um, I will say though, Leandro Trossard, my boy, he's actually a good mm. little player. He's tiny little um, player. Although Kepper, mate, what are you doing? Oh, it's garbage, oh. mate. I tell you what, they, he's fortunate that Reese went up the other end and spanked an absolute top level goal because when you see the replays, it looks worse and worse. He manages to dive over the ball. So it's saying that apparently Lalana, according to PremierInjuries.com, yeah. Uh, as apparently it was just cramp. Oh, okay. Well, that's good news. It looked worse than that because he was down and looking rather despondent. Yeah, we'll see. Straight, we'll, straight we'll, down we'll, the tunnel. We'll, as we'll, we'll see what they say, but yeah. 
Okay. Well, that's well, good news. Let's... That is good news because he's a good player, um, and I feel that he he's a good match with that, with that football team as well. Let's crack on. We've got some predictions to talk about. Um, again, I, I have not been very professional here and set up a spreadsheet or even got a pen and paper to do this. So again, I'm going to have to listen to the listen to it back and then write it down at some point in, in the future. <laughs> um, but I've got the fixtures in front of me. Why don't you have a pen and paper? Well, because the pen's in the bedroom and the paper's here. <laughs> That's why. But I've got, I have got the fixtures in front of me. So, um, well, we're starting off at the, the boys that we're all waxing near a call about, and that's Everton at home to West Brom, 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Easy money. Should happen, shouldn't it? Should be a clean sweep here. Home victory. Easy money, Hammers, mate. we get to goal. Mm, that's, 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 the, that's the dream. I'm really hoping you, you know. Because oh, the, the, the dance moves are coming out, mate. Him and Mina, mate, they're going yeah, to love it. Yeah, and maybe, over to, maybe over to Carlo. Carlo gets involved a bit. He's just like, he just someone do something with his eyebrow and like, just wiggle it up and down with it. You know? <laughs> that would be Carlo's signature move. Okay, yeah, so we've all gone Everton. Um, we've got Leeds against Fulham. Leeds so the two teams that banking, have come up. mate. There is a hiding coming there. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm in agreement. And then we welcome Man United, eh? They're coming to join the, the boys in the Premier League in their first game underway. They're playing against... Palace, half-five kickoff. Mm. Palace was decent at the weekend. Um, it was a good win against uh, Southampton, wasn't it? Yeah, they were, they were good. They were good. They've got, they've got a little bit more depth about them now as well because of um, the new signing from QPR. Easy. Uh, easy. 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 He's easy on this pod, mate. <laughs> uh, and um, they've got Batshuayi in as well and whatever he can offer. <laughs> but um, they've got a bit more is, depth. That's why he, he will score. I guarantee you he will score yeah. at like, you know, the likes of Palace and then he'll go to Chelsea and he'll just look utter gubbins. It's the difference, I guess, with what you need to offer. I think Palace are a team that can play on the counter-attack, which will free up a lot more space for him. I think when you're playing at a top-level football club, you've got to have a bit more intelligence movement. about your movement. Um, and I think that's probably what separates him. It's, it's a good spot for him. Um, I think United will be too good for this lot. Um, I think that home opener... Uh, the club will be looking to to get the round, you know, hit the ground running. How do you feel, Michael? What do you think first? <laughs> I, I, well, in I, terms I, how you how I think you feel. No, what do you think is going? Who, who's winning? Um, I'm going to go draw. I'm sitting on the fence on this one. Jesus, I'm drawing it as well. Little quick word about Man United. No, 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 no good feelings at all. Looking for some forward seeing. Is it Van Bleek? Von Bleek? Are they? Look, Mikey, <laughs> Van der Bleek. I mean, he he did a nice little turn. I saw, I saw that, and there were those classic kind of Twitter really? posts about yeah. him. He did a nice little turn, and it's like... Uh, yeah, I lost to Aston Villa. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean. A player X couldn't do this, and it's like, oh, fucking hell, we're doing this about a turn, which apparently, really nice turn, but then ended with like a wayward cross. But that you edit the cross out, you see. Of course. So, so you, mm. But uh, look, United, uh, have they got all their like key pieces fit? Like, Will, will Green would be okay to play after... His um, Arthur is inhaling too much. I, no, no, I don't want to even get into that because that's a load of shit, right? I, I, I don't know if he's got to sit down because of the COVID situation. In, in all seriousness, um, I, don't um, I, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know honestly. Right. Um, I don't really care. Holy oh. shit! It's the start of the season, Mikey. I'm an Everton fan now. I told you <laughs> we went for this. I'm far more excited about watching Everton this year. Like I looked at Saturday's fixtures um, yesterday, and I was like, right, we've got Everton West because obviously all these games are on on TV, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know we can watch them all. We've got Everton West Brom, excellent. That's going to be fun. Leeds Fulham, excellent. We get to see Leeds, you know, batter a team. 
Arsenal West Ham in the evening, excellent. You know, West Ham are terrible. Great value. Man United Crystal Palace. Well, that's a game I don't care about. That's that's a game that's going to be. Can just I just annoying. ask a genuine question? Had United signed James Rodriguez, would you have been like a bit more? Yes. I'm, I'm, uh, it annoys me we don't have him, if I'm honest with you, because he's clearly going. He was available. Obviously, King Carlo has the connection with him, but we don't have a right midfielder. He plays on the right hand of midfield. He has obvious quality, and we're going to probably start with Jesse Lingard. Oh. <laughs> I just, um, like this, the, the, like, look, let me just let me break this down as, as, as easy as I can. Um, the team is, the team, Man United's team is fine. Um, I just have. A nagging. There's two. There's two issues I have. Three issues actually. Let me run through the three. The first one is the calamity of what's been happening over the summer with Maguire and Greenwood and all this stuff. You know, whether it's their fault, whether it's someone else's fault, I don't really care. It's still things you don't want to see going back into the into the camp. Yeah. At the end of the day, I, I don't want that shit going on at all. I don't care whose fault it is. It's not good vibes around Man United when that kind of stuff happens. Um, unless you're Eric Cantona and you can get away with it, you know that's I don't I don't want to know. Um, the I just there's something about Solskjaer and Mick Phelan. I just uh, there's uh, just screams ineptitude. It screams not knowing what they're doing. I just, I just the more I think about it, the more I'm just I'm just angry at the fact that this club is so badly run. I'm so angry at the fact that... I mean, I was sending you that thing the other day yeah. where look, you see how much money actually, you know, the club, or the owners give back into the club. The, the, the worst thing about those numbers that he sent as well is that they weren't the full numbers. Because no. I had to look through and it's, it's so much fucking worse, mate. It is yeah. so much worse. It's just everything... I, I, don't understand, I don't know what the positivity is. Because you say, oh, we've got some young players. Yeah, but they're managed by someone that isn't an experienced manager that's not going to guide them on the right path. Um, we're not... It's almost like what, what... Coming away from Jose and now... We, we, I don't know. I still don't understand what style of football we play, if I'm honest with you. I don't know what we're meant to be good at. Um, because it just seems like the players just kind of play. And it's like, okay, we'll hope Bruno Fernandes gets a penalty or something. that might be it, though. That, that might be the tactic that in in Rashford in Martial and in Greenwood you've got three very good similar-ish attacking players they all have different strengths obviously yeah. um, in Paul Pogba you've got probably the second best midfielder in the Premier League in Bruno Fernandes you've got a player who uh, is quick on the draw when it comes to finding a pass and Ollie maybe just kind of goes go football I just, and then you look outside of that. I mean, I'm intrigued to see how Van der Beek does. Um, but we bought a player who, there's other areas of concern, I would yeah. say. Um, I, I still, I, I worry about the fact that we seemingly can't get rid of Chris Smalling or Phil Jones. I mean, with the fact that we gave Phil Jones a new contract the other year is beyond me. Um, Smalling wants to leave as well. Make it happen. No, he doesn't. He wants to stay. Oh, he came out, he came he out today. Out, he wants to go back to winner. Um, sorry, back to Roma. Well, it came out today. They're saying, "Oh, we're not going to sell him now." I, I, mm. I think part of United's problem is, is that they probably want really good money for him, right? When you paid yeah. eighty million pounds for Harry Maguire, you're probably looking at a decent fee for Chris Smalling after the season's had. The, but the, 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 pro- the problem we have here, and for me, it's like it feels like Man United are now trying to be wise to, to transfers and and, yeah. and 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 you know a sensible club, but they've now gone almost in the opposite direction now, where it's like. 
we just... I just don't know what I'm looking at. And Edward Woods had seven or eight years now in, in, in charge of this club. And I just don't have any faith in it. The, the, the club has just eroded my faith in them. I've been saying it for a while, mate. That dynasty is collapsing. Yeah, the dynasty's gone, mate. I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not hopeful for the season. I, I, I'm going to be... Re- uh, yeah, I'm not hopeful at all. Cause Chris Waddle has you win in the league. This is it. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, if Rashford or Martial or Bruno get injured, we are fucked. And Rashford always gets injured. Martial always gets injured. Uh, Bruno looks like he was running on fumes at the end of last year. I think that guy needs a fucking rest. Um, then Van der Beek comes in, unproven, used to play in the Dutch League. Oh, I don't know, man. I just, the defence with Lindelof, where he's like a, basically a cowardly custard. You've got Luke Shaw, who just doesn't do anything. Brendan Williams comes in, or Brandon Williams. He doesn't do anything either. He's actually a fucking right back. Well, hopefully you get Regulon to cover that. Oh, but even the but Regulon can't defend. Oh, just don't, I don't care. Well, I look forward to watching that game with him on uh, on Saturday. <laughs> what was your prediction, by the way? Sorry, draw. You having a draw? Woods, it was. I'm taking United, mate. I, think, I, I look. If there's one thing I know about Manchester United, it's that they they will definitely get a penalty and, and and win the game. One thing I know about Man United is they're a great value for comedy acts. We have been a bit of a fucking joker the last several years, haven't we? So there we go. Well, you're going to be fun this year. <laughs> it's funny to think, and we, we've touched on this, I think, in in a previous pod. But should United have, have lost to Leicester, they'd probably have Sancho and a better manager. And I, you know, that's just me thinking about my. I, the, do you know about- what's made me sorry? I'm no, I'm sorry. I'm talking yeah, a lot. Yeah. The thing that, in a weird way, the thing that's um, pushed me over to this thought process about Ollie. He's a nice guy. We all know this, right? We all know he's a nice guy. He's always smiling. He's always just, you know, oh. Watching this All or Nothing documentary. I don't know whether it's just me and like how I like to be challenged as a person. I I would would crawl over broken glass, Mourinho. I feel like he would motivate me as a person. If he was my manager in my job. He'd challenge you, right? I would that's exactly the type of management I like I like being challenged I want someone to shake me around the fucking head and go fuck what the fuck are you doing do this you know fuck, ch- I want someone to who challenges me to challenge myself and I think with um, with Ollie it just, it just no, I just don't I don't have a clue what he's meant to be good at because mm. he's not you, good in front of the media you have to have the personnel on the team like you said like how you would react you need players like that as also to react to that sort of oh and this is it and I can't put myself in the in the in these players shoes at all right they're, they're, I think one of the other highlights of this documentary is that players live completely different lives to anything that we could ever imagine you know they're, they they live in a complete bubble they're not in the real world they don't it's all a complete it's alien to me right they're a generation younger than me as well if not two generations they're a lot younger than me as well um maybe that's what maybe that's what kids need these days they need an ollie in there who's going to be nice and oh, okay then guys you know do what I you think want that is the case because that's but the way the world goes that's fine but be a nice guy but have tactical now about you and i just don't i don't see well, that's where Pochettino comes in and that's where hopefully you then become more upbeat and Man United would actually have some direction in you terms might, of on the pitch, on to the football by then. The issue is My off, off the pitch. Peel, I guess, sacked. The thing is, you can keep making the changes on the pitch, but, you know, until it gets... We've said plenty of times before, until it gets changed back room and, you know, up top, 
Man United always going to be in this situation. Well, I look forward to two years' time when we do this pod and we've got the Ed Woodward All or Nothing documentary because he's seen this and gone fucking brilliant. <laughs> mm. Okay. So, Sorry, I apologise. Yeah, no, I, 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 it, it's really good hearing you talk about him because for most of I've seen online, United fans are the complete opposite end. I what what they they all think they all think that United are going to be flying high. What are they on crack? I look. Mate, they, this they is all, Twitter, they, mate. Twitter is a strange. It's, it's world. a strange. It is a strange place. Like, well, you guys look. You guys know me, right? You've done this show with me for a long time. You both have known me personally for a long time. Am I miles off here? I don't oh think no! Like, off, I, but, I, yeah. I can't believe that Manchester United's manager is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That and I, I, I don't. I don't want to stick on the fact, but he did get relegated with Cardiff. I, I, I can't quite... Like, it's, Manchester United are the biggest club in the world. How the fuck have they got this guy as a manager? And that's the thing, because they are the biggest club in the world, or one of, then you expect them to compete in for the title. And at the moment, your realistic goal is top four. And that's not really what Man United should be going for, is no, it? Course, it, should, it should be competing for the title. We should have Sancho wrapped up already. He should have been training with Man United for all of pre-season. We should go... Um, we should like with this Regulon fella, right? By all accounts, I've watched some clips of him. Yeah, very attacking wise, he looks like a fucking madman. He looks great. However, if Real Madrid say thirty million in a buyback clause, we go no buyback clause, forty million. You know yeah. what I mean? Just or thirty million, and we'll give the rest of it to you. No, just, just we Man United fucking act like it, but do it smartly. Don't go to Falcao and Di Maria and spay them the money, but. Use your status and your wealth in, in clever ways, but also exert your status. Do you know what I mean? Exert it. Throw your weight about a little bit. You know what I mean? But I think they tried it. They tried to do that with Sancho. I think the thing is, is that they just got it wrong. I think they thought that they were coming from a position of power in that deal. That oh, Sancho's only got this many years left on his contract, so we're going to try and bully bully you to basically get the price down to what we want to pay. We want to pay a million pounds, and basically Dortmund were like, well. No, the fee's 120 million euros. And United, well, fuck that. We're not paying that. You're going to have to basically accept our 80 million. They turn around, well, actually... They're stupid in that regard because they paid 80 million for Maguire. Sancho's a better player and he's got more... Obviously, well, like different positions, but he's got more potential. He's, he's only no, going to get better. You don't have to tell me this. I, 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 it, and I'm sure you don't have to tell every Manchester United manager, uh, fan across the world this. Just pay the fucking money. Right, you're not losing face here. You lost face a long time ago on ba- when it comes to basically spending money. P- clubs worry too much about the fucking money, right? The only people that seem to really should be caring about it are basically people on Twitter that want to basically take jabs. Oh, you spent this much and this much on this player, and we spent only this much on this player. No one gives a shit. Just fucking go get the player. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine how frustrating it must actually be. I, I have to think that Oli Solskjaer is a football guy and a guy that's really motivated to win stuff. He didn't win all of this stuff at Manchester United by basically being, oh, yeah, it's all right, it's all right. He must be fucking fuming at Woodward, right? He must have basically gone into the summer and gone, get Sancho done and we can really press on and try and do something next season, but get it fucking done. And he gets back from his summer holiday and he's like, Ed, have you got it done yet? And it's like, uh, no. And he's like, well, how far away are we? He's like, about £40 million away. There's probably an element as well, though, that um, they probably don't want to throw the money because of who the manager is. And that's because of Solskjaer. I don't, but they think, yeah, maybe, maybe. But like, you, when it comes you, to you Sancho... Spoke about De Maria, they, they threw the money you know, for the previous managers like Van Gaal, Mourinho, but they're not doing it with Solskjaer. He's obviously requested Sancho and they're not throwing the money at I would suggest Sancho is much more of a sure bet than Eric yeah. Bailly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Sa- Sa- exactly that. Like, but yeah, Sancho isn't. Pogba. It's not going to be like Sancho isn't going to fit with every single manager in the world that would come in to take the United job. If anything, that will help Manchester United with their search for their next manager when Oli fails. Right? Kind of go. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's not all bad because we've got this world superstar. My knee jerk. Oli don't last Christmas. Okay. There you go. We're going to move on because we are in the middle of predictions and yet somehow we've done a 10-minute dialogue on Man United. Sorry. But no, it was good. It was good it to was hear good. your views. I did good. prompt you and you did eventually got out of you and you, you didn't stop. Fair play to you. But um, <laughs> we got Arsenal West Ham. You know, we mentioned that as the other evening game on Saturday. 3-0 Thoughts? Arsenal. Yep, Arsenal. We'll go to Arsenal. That's an easy one, isn't uh, it? will probably get another couple goals. And... Of course he will. Yeah. Southampton Spurs on Sunday, 12 o'clock. Oh, shit. Nil nil. I'm going to go Southampton to nick it. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because I didn't really see the Southampton game this weekend. Obviously, they lost to Palace away, so I'm not too sure what Southampton actually looked like. Um, but Spurs were fucking terrible. Speaking uh, of fans, Southampton fans are very optimistic this year, and yeah. you can't blame them after the back end of last year after uh, lockdown. Yeah, everyone's dark horse this year. Aren't yeah. They? So I'm having Southampton. Oh. I'm going to say draw. I'm going to say draw. And you're yeah, saying I'm draw? I'm saying draw, yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, we've got two o'clock, Newcastle, Brighton. Oh. Mm, uh, Newcastle. Oh, yeah, Newcastle, I think, as well. I'm having a 2 2 draw, high scoring draw. Wow. Mm. Um, oh, this is a big one. This is a big one. Half four, Sunday, Chelsea, Liverpool. It'll be Liverpool. If the one thing I took away from last night is that. We're undercooked right now. It's going to take a bit of time. Um, it's certainly. I didn't quite understand Frank's lineup. I did having, having Rubus Loftus Cheek playing was a bit of a. It was a strange um, one. Question and mark. Especially when you kind of then moved Havertz out into the right inside forward sort of position. I, I didn't quite. I didn't quite understand it. There was no natural width because you had Mason then on the left hand side. I couldn't. I couldn't understand it. Uh, I think part of what's probably played in there was we don't have any fit wingers other than Callum. Um, we, I don't know if Pulisic makes it this weekend. I don't think Zayek does either, which is a shame because uh, Pulisic run Liverpool ragged every time he played them last season. Um, but it, On a plus note, Werner looked quite bright. Yeah, yeah. I thought Werner was excellent. Um, he's electric. He is genuinely electric. I can't believe how fast he is. He's going to get, yeah, he's going to well. he's going to cause a lot of problems, especially because he shifts off the left hand side, and uh, that's obviously he's where so Pul- direct. Yeah, and because Pulisic plays on that side, Pulisic's direct. That's going to be an absolute nightmare for teams to play against. I think it's still got it's, it's going to be work in progress. Um, it was really important they got the win last night, though, because say we draw that game and it's kind of like a bit of a it, first it was a, not a good performance and secondly you know you, you're dropping points already at that stage I think it was really important to sort of grind it out in many ways I do worry like for all the faults I've already mentioned about Liverpool and I do think Chelsea can get at them I just think Liverpool are going to raise it against Chelsea um, I think probably people especially because Klopp would have circled this one, obviously. It's only the second game, so it's not like he has to look too far down the calendar. But there's a little bit of needle between these two managers. Which I was about to say, there's a little bit of spice from the last game, isn't there? There is, and obviously there's been words exchanged where um, obviously Klopp's taken a dig at Chelsea for spending money and obviously Frank's kind of shot one back about Liverpool spending money. 
who knew that you had to spend to be successful in the Premier League? Um, I, I, I just think they're, they're a better football team than Chelsea. That's why I'd go with Liverpool at the moment. And they, they have had our number. Um, we've, we've played them well in... I think we played them well in three of the four games that we played last season. Um, but ultimately, we only won one of those. Mm. What I would add is that, well, we mentioned it earlier, Leeds showed the way to play against Liverpool, or the way certainly you can get goals because of the, the their high line, etc. We mentioned Werner's pace, his directness. I'm going I'm to go on the limb. I'm going to say Chelsea. I, I think, think Werner's going to... He could give Van Dijk I think, I think there's goals. Time. I think there's definitely goals in this game. There's goals, yeah. There's I, I just think, goals, and I think Chelsea are going to edge it. Had Chelsea had Pulisic fit, I'd feel a lot different about this game. I just think that if he's going to line up with with Mason and it, I, I, if Ruben's anywhere near the eleven, and it's a shame for Ruben. I just think it's never going to happen at this club. Uh, he had a bright moment at the end of the Sari tenure before he ruptured his Achilles, and it just felt like it was all coming together. And since then, the injury's taken a long time. And I watched him last night, and I'm like, he's got, he's just not mobile. He's got no movement. He's got no confidence. He's a player that I just think needs to get out of the club and maybe have a loan or maybe even a permanent move at this point because Kai Havertz has effectively come in and usurped him. You know, Chelsea are going to play Havertz ahead of Ruben. I just don't think it's going to ever happen for him. And it's sad because, like I said, it did seem there was a moment where it did seem to be clicking together finally and it's just robbed him of that opportunity. Um, but if, if, we, if we play Ruben against Liverpool, we'll get ribboned because, like... He's he's so immobile at this point. So you so you're you're back in Liverpool. I, I think Liverpool are just going to be too much for us. And you, Mike? Uh, yeah, Liverpool. Um, I think I think Brighton, as we talked about, not the greatest teams, and they undone Chelsea a few times. Um, Down our left every time as well. Yeah, Fucking uh, Marcus Alonso is dreadful. Where, where was Chilwell? Injured. When's he back? He won't be back for this one. My knee-jerk reaction, also, he ain't the answer. Um, <laughs> but he's better than... I'm willing, I'm willing to give Havertz all the time in the world, but I, I, I don't rate you well. Um, sorry. <laughs> I, look, yes, that's your opinion. I'm not yeah. going to argue against in, in, it. In, 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 I, 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 I'm, I'm saying both, and I said that when he was playing for England this before, when he went to Chelsea, when he was put into the England squad, I was like, mm, I'm not, not sure he's an, he, an elite player, and I'm not sure if he can reach that level, but you could prove me wrong. No, but no, you're right, though. Like The Marcus Alonso... <laughs> He was yeah. getting toasted by. He's going to be an improvement. But I mean, he was up against Lamptey, which is yeah, difficult. It's, it's a horrible matchup for him because he's Manny. small and quick. That's that is fair. Um, but no, I, I think I think going forward, Chelsea can cause Liverpool some problems. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't think Van Dijk is the player that everyone seems to think he is. Um, and I, I think or I said again, Robertson and Alexander Arnold. I think defensively they are very suspect. I think Chelsea Werner really impressed me. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to do very well. Put it this way, he ain't coming out of my fantasy team. Right? No. Oh. Um, like I said, I think Havertz had a debut to forget, but you know, like he's young, new league. Out of position. Out of position. That was I mean? my I think, feeling. I, thought, I, thought, I felt bad for him being shoved to the right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the gif of them playing that ball out of play. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't it pretty, wasn't. but yeah. But like, he's... He's gonna, the thing is, is that when you're a top-level footballer, you're going to have to deal with that. Pogba has to deal with exactly. that shit. You know, ultimately, exactly. if, you, if, you, if you're not going to be strong enough mentally, 
to kind of have and that's even if they even bother reading social media I can imagine that they just don't I'm Dude, sure on, that, on, to be honest mate watching Tottenham they're all or that's nothing. all they fucking do they're always it? on their phones oh is it really okay then maybe maybe they've just got to be made of certain stuff because ultimately they're going to find you making mistakes because that's what opposition fans do that's all <laughs> they do on here and yeah. ultimately you're human you, you'd almost want to know what people are saying about you there yeah. will be an aspect of that I guess it does come down to strength of mentality doesn't it how you take that well, we'll see how he bounces back over time. Let's move on. We've got Leicester Burnley. Evening kickoff Sunday. Leicester. Um, draw. I'm, I'm saying Leicester. Yeah, Leicester. For I'm me. just not convinced. What? What? I mean, obviously, they, they turned over West Brom. I didn't really see the game either. Um, it wasn't one that was as high on my agenda. I think I was probably watching the Formula One at the time. Um, they, turned, they turned up in the second half. Couple yeah. of pens though. Yeah. Mm. And it was West Brom when we said West Brom are going down. Exactly. We haven't but seen Burnley yet, so... Mate, West Brom bought on Hal Robson Canu, for fuck's sake. I was like, what is he... Is he around still? That's wow. amazing, He's isn't He's living it? off that goal. Belgium. That goal against Belgium, yeah. <laughs> OK, Monday we've got two games. Monday we've got... So, six o'clock, Villa versus Sheffield United. Um, I, by the way, my new Brighton this year um, is Sheffield United. I can't get on board with this fucking kit, mate. No... <laughs> Just no, it's, 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 no. It's not good. It's Brexit FC, mate, and yeah. because of that, I'm out. I'm also not a Chris Wilder fan either. I just, I just don't like him. Something about him I don't like. Don't yeah. know what it is, but it's just... I'm out. Yeah. I think it's his, his frankness, his, his yeah. bluntness. He's a bit, bit Yorkshire for my liking, obviously being Sheffield United, maybe. I don't know, but yeah. That's probably more it, mate. I think that... You, you are correct. He is very blunt. He's very honest. Um, he, He's not shy in saying directly what he means I do worry for them a bit this year second season syndrome is a legitimate thing for these clubs and I know these are two second season clubs I could see them both trending in different directions this season though and another big thing with uh, Sheffield United is they don't have Henderson this year they've got fucking Aaron Ramsdale who I also don't rate at all no that's a mad replacement and when they look at the options, who they bring on? McBurney and fucking... Um, McGoldrick. McGoldrick, exactly. It's like, oh, come on, man. Didn't I think I invested well. Either. Villa's season opener. Um, I'll take Villa. Yeah, I'm having Villa. I'll have Villa as well. And then we've got the... This is a good game. Uh, 8-15, Monday night. Wolves at Man City. Man City also... Well, both teams, I think. Wolves at Man City. Uh, sorry, Man City at Wolves. God, fuck's sake. Wolves are at home. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> It's an interesting game, though. This is a Wolves started quick. They started real quick this weekend. Uh, Wolves were very intelligent. They basically, as you said, they started quick and then just defended really, 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 really well. Um, Jimenez is a really nice goal. They're a bogey team for Man City as well. They are a bogey team, but it's like this is the game which Man City lost last year, right? These are the games that cost them the title which is why I'm going to take Man City, because I think that Pep would have got into them over the summer and, and really drilled it into them that off days are what costs us. In, in, in a season where seemingly like 90-plus points is going to be needed, you can't have those off days. I know it's easier to, to say don't, do, don't have shit off days than actually do it. I, I, I just think City might be better prepared. I, I never bet against Pep. OK. I'm, I'm going to say draw. Fancy Walton excite. And that's it, that's the predictions. That's all your games for the up and coming weekend. Um winners and chumps. Go to you Woods first. Give me a winner. 
Winners and chumps. Um, God, you caught me on the... Why have I not done any prep work for this? I'm trying to now rem- remember what games actually took place this weekend. Uh, winners, I guess, I guess in terms of winners, um, that Liverpool-Leeds game was bloody fun. Um, and I think it was really... Is it one of those, an advert for the Premier League? Yeah, that cliche. It was definitely that, though. Um, you know, the football actually leading up to that hadn't been bad either, but that game, it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? Premier League football's back, and um, you do feel good about it. And, it. and the one thing, it does help you sort of semi-escape the turgidness that has been uh, 2020, the difficulties that obviously we've had through this calendar year. Um, so I think that, you know, just... Football fans in general, probably the winners for having football back. Um, a little shout out to Auntie Bruce as well. That's a good way to start the season. Young Mikey? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Reese James as my winner. Wow. For that thumper. Yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, I, I nearly went with a guy, the lead guy who scored that goal, the first goal for them. Harrison. Harrison. That was a really, really good goal. Um, but no, the, and also, also, I do want to shout out that random guy in the French league who scores that oh, incredible. Oh my god! Like, oh. Wow, what a goal that was! Um, but no, I think Reese James turns to you because he's playing up against a player or a, a, a team who have a player that play in his position that came from the club that he is at. You know what I mean? And I think if he hadn't scored that goal, everyone after this game is like, I I was quite active as you can imagine, um, yeah. and it was just. Have Chelsea made a mistake? <laughs> this is it, and um, I, you know, I we've obviously heard a lot of good things about James from yourself, Mister Tom, and um, I'll be, I haven't seen it. You know, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I hadn't really seen what I meant to be seeing in terms of his um, abilities and you know what he brings to the table. Um, defensively, I've, I've felt that he's been suspect in almost every game I've watched him play. However, um, I think he arrived on the stage last night with an absolutely magical goal. What a hit that was. Great time. 100 seconds after um, after uh, Brighton equalised as well. It was, yeah. it was an, a really good moment for him and um, really good for Chelsea as well. He's got that in his locker as well. He's, he's a player that has got the ability to score from there. OK, I'm going to move on to my winner. Sorry, I want to move this on now because we're an hour and 20 in and obviously the timing has gone appallingly. How is my winner not? Go on. Who's your winner? James Rodriguez. Exactly. Why is my winner not fucking? I did James find it a bit weird. I thought it was definitely going to be uh, either Lee Collard <laughs> or. or... <laughs> now, obviously, James just just for a looking sexy and b making Everton look sexy again. I say again. Again. Who's sexy, this? Who's uh, this sexy player? I think I'd say sexy uh, would be probably the better. Andy Johnson. Phrase. <laughs> Thomas Carsley and Johnson. I say Carsley, and Lee Carsley, yeah. Thomas Graveson. Tom Gra- yeah, Tommy Graveson, exactly. Um, Chumps? Um, I'm going to go for uh, PSG and Marseille. Holy um, shit. Five players sent off in one game, um, like after like 90 something minutes. Uh, I watched it earlier and it's comedy. Basically, Paradez gets, um, like, he basically fouls the guy. Uh, on their team, who I believe is Bendetto. And then, essentially, everyone then gets involved. Because um, two Marseille players go down. Um, Bendetto is on the floor. And actually, there's a, there's a sneak. It's one of the PSG players doesn't get done for this. I don't know who, which PSG player it is, because you're going to see the boots. Fucking stamps on him. Right? Rakes the old studs down him. Because you, you watch Bendetto after... 
the, their camera then cuts back to the full stadium cam and he's like in agony because of his back like the reason he went down is something else because some guy fucking does him on the floor it's brilliant like it's like wow and then fucking Neymar gets involved does the most cowardly punch to the back of the head you've ever seen he then claims he was racially abused. Oh, it's, it's everything you love in football. Have you seen the... Uh, not Instagram. obviously the racism Not, not, the, stuff, not the racism. But, <laughs> it, but it's just in terms of the, the play acting. My God, the play acting is... It's, 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 it's a different level. Like, the, the rolling around, the fucking crowding the referee. Oh, God. Like, it's disgusting. But man alive, that was entertaining. Like, I, I enjoyed every second of it, I have to say. So they're your chumps, but they're the most entertaining chumps. It's my chumps, because at the end of the day, you know, three of their players got sent off in one game. Mm. I, I don't think any team that has that happens to them can be a winner, you know? Mm. Just quickly on the Neymar thing, he has come out um, on Instagram with some impassioned, like, really long posts, like, epicness. And he, yeah, basically he, he's stamping his... You know, foot, when I say standing his foot down, he's maintaining obviously that he was racially abused, and that you know ultimately that isn't you know if he's isn't a good thing. You know, I don't know how no, else to say not. it. You know, it's grim. You know, that ultimately that's what it led to. You know, whilst we had all the shit house shoot beforehand, you know. I will say there another reason why it's jump. It's not he that none of this stuff makes into the shit house hall of fame. Okay, it's not that it's not that type Epic. of shit house. It's not good shit housery. It's just being a twat shit housery is what mm. this is. Okay, Woods. Uh, Jose Mourinho. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all gone wrong, hasn't it? It all felt so good. Six episodes in, you kind of like, yep, this is Jose. Oh, it's, yeah, I get it, I get it. And then it's like, oh, bang, <laughs> reality hits. It's like, oh, yeah, no, now I remember. Now I remember why I found it so amusing when he went there. Um, it's going to be a long season for that lot. It is going to be a long season. I'm not far behind you. I was was strongly thinking about Jose, but I'm, I'm actually going to go with Kepa just because. Oh God! He had, he had a, he, obviously you haven't got that signing in yet, have you, Mendy? Mendy, it's 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 it's, 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 it's a work in progress. It yeah. probably is going to happen, but whilst you you are still playing, be good. Do do what you're meant to do, and that's save save goals basically, save shots from distance, save just you know be be a goalkeeper, be commanding. He, he flapped out a couple of crosses, and then as we mentioned earlier with the goal, it's just. It's just terrible. It's, it's it's poor. He just dives over it. It's, just, it's not a great hit. It's, it's a decent hit, but nothing more. No. And he should be saving it. And you know, it's a first game of the season. He's starting. He could have actually, you know, said a little hello to Frank, but instead he just literally said to Frank, "Yeah, go and get your goalkeeper in because I'm shit." It was funny because they they spoke about it. Um, they spoke about it at full time with Frank, didn't they? They they kind of had him on and they asked him about the goal. And you could see they were prying. It's like, come on, let's see if we can get something. And Frank wouldn't give anything away. And the second they cut away, Nev was like, yeah, no, he's definitely not happy with the goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> um, special mention to that, the guy in Belgium who missed the chance from... Oh, oh my God. Yes. The, 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 the whole play, the sequence of play is terrible. Mm. Leading to, like, you know, well, poor clearance... Goalkeeper, another goalkeeper comes out and flaps. Not even a, a, a decent effort, I guess. Hits the bar. You're literally you're a yard out. You've got no players around you. Do whatever you want, mate. But he's don't controlled do it. it. Yeah, sorry, he's controlled it. All you got to do, I would, I, it's one of those ones where you'd literally back your mum to fucking finish it because it was that easy and to contrive to somehow roll over the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Probably maybe does some ankle ligament damage as well. Who knows? Fucking awful. But yeah. Um, 
we just one more thing, actually. Um, we need to wrap it up, Woods. I know, I know you do, up. but like, did you, did anyone catch Gary Neville talking about now how everyone wants to be Gary Neville because of how many top level <laughs> right backs there are? I thought, so that, I thought that was particularly good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good old good old Genev. I know we're not liking Genev. I know I said I was going to wrap this up, but I know you was it you? We were talking about this when you came down the other weekend. Yeah. You're not a big fan of him. Yeah. I, I I just don't think he's as he's not at the the top of his game anymore. Let's put it that way. I I, I I kind of prefer Kara. Hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, let, let's wrap up. We need to say goodbyes. Um, as always, we're available on all good platforms of downloading podcasts such as iTunes and Spotify and Podbean yeah I've chucked another one in there but uh, we've also got our woods <laughs> over there <laughs> look at this guy we've got our woods on Twitter he's always active as he mentioned earlier he loves a chat on there you interact with him and he'll I, I do try reply. to interact with him until people just get a little bit shirty and I'm like you know what don't have time for it that's the Twitter universe man that's what happens they, they, people got yeah, a, li- I mean, I saw, people I saw, got a little to... too literal when I said that Jaden Sancho's the second best signing this summer. Oh, he's playing in the Bundesliga, mate. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I am, I am aware of this. Okay, <laughs> there's also aware. another one in the summer, mate, with the uh, with the Martinelli guy, the Martinelli fanboy. Really fucking wound me up, this guy. I don't know who he was. You you said something about, and it was actually yes. almost complimentary oh about Martinelli, yes. and yet he reacted. And it's like, no, just look, read the tweets again, and you can see he's actually being, you know, complimentary. You don't have to fucking go gung ho, save my fucking boy. You know that they all are on fucking yeah. Twitter. I hate. He, it. He, he he went so far down the rabbit hole on that. There was actually other people coming in to this conversation to like kind of go, look, no, you're you're wrong here. And it's like. It was about how goalkeepers influence um, one-on-one opportunities. Which they absolutely do. Which they absolutely do. And what I had said is that um, Martinelli Martinelli had Kepper in front of him, which made it an easier opportunity because Kepper's shit. Um, that was my point. And is I, it? You're, all, you're having a dig at your own team. Yes, it, this is it. It that. was a shot at Chelsea. It was a shot at my own goalkeeper at my own goalkeeper's expense. And an Arsenal fan took offence to it, going, "You'll say Martinelli's shit." And I'm like, "No, that's that's not what happened here. No, I just just saying that Kepa's crap." <laughs> well, that's a sample of what you know. The interactions happen on Twitter, and you know you want to get involved. You want to wind upwards. Tweet away to him. But uh, yeah, we, we need to say goodbye. So goodbye from me. Hasta luego. Arrivederci. And we'll be back next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.